You're listening to Positive Thinking with Georgia Sadell, a series of interviews with non-celebrity, normal people in my life on their passions, relationships, happiest and most defining moments of their lives. My guest this week is nutritionist and my best friend of 15 years, Georgie Page. Hey, Peggy! All right, hello. <laughs> oh my God, Dad, leave us alone. Like. On, the, on the oven, there's three for you to pick from, but don't, oh. don't eat all of them because one's for Lara and Ollie. Right, <laughs> let's start again. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm pleased to see you. Um, it's hilarious how different we are exactly and how we finish each other's sentences Ah! (laughs) so this is my best friend we've been best friends now for 15 years yeah we went to school together yeah only for two years though which is really strange we only went yeah we only went to school together for two years if you hear any panting in the background do not fear it's just a dog a very old dog who's sitting with us. We're currently sitting by the fire in Wales with a glass of champagne and some homemade creme brulee made by Paggy herself. Yeah, my name's Georgie, by the way. It's yeah, not but I call her Paggy. Her <laughs> name is Georgie Page. So we've been friends for 15 years. We were only in school together for two years. Yeah. Um, it was Georgie's birthday this week, so I wrote 27, because she's 27, I wrote 27 reasons why we're still best friends. And one of them was that... She's just the greatest person in the whole world. But she did run out after about 20 and started writing. She's nice. I ran out out after 20 reasons. Then it was like, 21, she is nice. 22, she is very kind. 23, she is very nice. It's it's the thought that counts, hey, yeah? Yeah, it's the thought that counts. I did really want to think of 27 reasons. I did make it up to 20, so pat the back Yeah, you did well, you did well. So, Paggy and I have been best friends for forever. She's on the show, and I'm thrilled because she, I really never thought that she would come on because she's so different to me. She's just No, I've not... had a few glasses of champagne, so... Actually, she's had two <laughs> bottles of champagne. Not by myself. No, 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 between, between us. So, we should be fine tonight. I'm going to start with a piece of positive news. Eight positive things that have happened this week that will lift your spirits. This is from huffingtonpost.co.uk. This is what you need. Oh, I just love this. Okay, number one, some penguins went on an adventure. (laughs) It makes me cry. It's so good. Shed Aquarium in Chicago was closed to visitors this week, but the penguins didn't mind one bit. Staff caught them on camera waddling out of their usual habitat and exploring... Dad. I'm coming in. I'm listening. I can't... This is too important for me to miss. (laughs) Okay, right. Hello, Wayne. Thank you for joining us. You're just going to be sitting in the background. Yep. Staff caught them on camera waddling out of their usual habitat and exploring the rest of the exhibits, just like a human would. Oh, it's so cute. So they went on their own tour of the aquarium. Oh, they need to get out, though. I hate zoos. I know. I hate that they're stuck in there anyway. I know, especially because the penguins never get enough space. No, they used to like roam in the whole oceans. You know, I'm a I bit know. passionate. I hate zoos. Yeah, I know. Same, same. Mm-hmm. If you, Dad. Okay. Dad, please don't say anything else. You, you're here just as an audience member. Yes. 
So these penguins are adorable. Um, I in New York, I went to the zoo there in Central Park. Bad idea. I'm still traumatized. The penguins had a tiny, tiny, tiny space. Yeah, and it was boiling hot. It was awful. They shouldn't live in the middle of Manhattan. That's just not right. But don't worry. There are seven more good things that have happened this week. Are we going to go through all of these? Oh, yeah. PrEP is finally here. The anti-HIV drug called PrEP will finally be routinely available, which is 100% effective at stopping HIV. (laughs) Wicked. Fab. Number three. St. Patrick's Day parade still went ahead. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, but it's only the little ones. Oh, okay. So it was St. Patrick's Day on Tuesday, and while most gatherings um, and parades were cancelled, families put on their own versions at home, and it was quite cute because lots of little kids were wandering around like little green people. Adorable. Number four. Music brought the world together. During this difficult time, the universal language of song has bonded us more than anything else. So basically, dozens of videos have gone viral this week of people singing together, which is really cute. Number five, Britain's loneliest dog found a home. <laughs> a pooch dubbed Britain's <laughs> loneliest so dog finally found a home this week, having been a last chance um, animal rescue. It's basically this animal rescue place in Kent. It'd been there for 10 years. Can you imagine waiting in a rescue home for 10 years? It finally got a home. Let's see it. Meet the dog. Oh, he's not even that Bess. ugly. No, Bess is adorable. So Bess now has a home. Number six. Uh, basically it's for teachers thank you very much um, for being amazing Um, but they actually highlighted P with Joe Wicks Joe Wicks isn't a teacher he's not a teacher I don't know why they're saying he is a teacher but anyway he's done really well he's raised hundreds of thousands of pounds for charity nice one Joe number seven National Trust scrap the fees nice that's good people can go out for a walk yes and number eight kindness continued um, basically there's a, ha- there's a few hashtags that are, um, circulating on Twitter, random acts of kindness, hashtag kindness is contagious and hashtag spread kindness on Twitter. Basically the world is trying to be more kind at the moment and I'm just loving it. Amazing. So thank you for joining me for the first segment. Next yep. segment, Paggy, I hope you don't mind. We have, we're sitting in front of a fire. We've got a creme brulee, oh, by the way, which is amazing. Thank you very much. Oh, that was amazing. Thank it you. was very good. Wayne, that's enough from you over there. That was fantastic. That's enough. Wayne's in here. He's observing. We've got the Border Terrier licking her paws as we speak. We've got Shazza watching us from the corner with her glass of champagne. We actually have quite a few of us in here, so there's quite a lot of pressure on you to say the right thing at the right time. But you know what? Let's just see how we get on. Go on then. Number one, biggest passion. Pags, go for it. Um, so it's probably food. So I'm a nutritionist, so my job is basically telling people what to eat mm. every day. Um, I'm currently eating her creme brulee. Yeah, but I love to cook. Oh, I love she's feeding the best people. Cook. Mm-hmm. You love feeding people? Yeah, it's mm. like my thing. What is it? Love language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to cook for everyone I know. Mm-hmm. I like making pat lunches for my boyfriend. <laughs> I didn't know that. I make him a packed lunch every day. No. Yeah. No. In a little bento box and all of the teachers at school are like, eee, what you, what you eating? Eee, what you eating? Yeah, I live in Liverpool, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if you'd guess. <laughs> yeah, I love, yeah, I just love cooking. Um, What started this, this passion? When did this begin? Because I don't, 
No. I don't remember you really getting into cooking until we were like a bit older, really. Well, I think it's because your mum's such a good cook and she used to cook mm. for us. So oh, yeah, she used to cook. I didn't well. want to steal her thunder. <laughs> um, but my mum hated cooking. And when I was six, I decided to be a vegetarian. So then it was just like, you're either having chicken curry or you're fending for yourself. So I just had to cook my own food. Mm. So I just started cooking, really. And my nan's a great cook, so I used to watch her cook. Um, your nan... Pobbies. Yeah, so my, yeah, my nan. She always cooked amazing Sunday lunches and she used to look after us after school. Oh, you're school. very good at a Sunday lunch. Yeah. Can you, you tell us how many people you do a roast for on Christmas Day? So it can be up to 30 people that we have. And one year I thought it would be a good idea to make everyone individual poussons, those baby chickens. And oh. it literally looked like an abattoir in our kitchen. There was no. like 30 baby chickens. It was a nightmare. I don't know how, why I did it. But they were all right. Maybe a little bit dry. But oh my god! No, it wasn't it was at, here. It was Wayne, my parents Wayne house. you're not in this because you, you, they can't pick you up on the microphone. So, Georgie, that's amazing. I just think it's cause you cook for thirty people because you have a huge family. Yeah, yeah, I've got a massive family. I've got sixteen cousins, and then boyfriends, girlfriends. Yeah, my mum's got four sisters. My dad's got two brothers and a sister. So, Christmas is large. Yeah, but it's so fun. I remember the first time you ever cooked for me. Yeah, I know what you're going to say, uh, I made. Yeah, you made one, two, three, carrot, carrot and coriander soup. Boom. It, oh, you missed me. High five. It was literally soup, though. And Georgia goes on about this bloody soup. I it was literally soup. will never forget. I can't even really remember making I it. I will never forget the moment you made me carrot and coriander <laughs> soup. Once upon a time, there was a girl called Georgia. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Georgia had a best friend called Georgie. They were very drunk one evening. They'd been sitting by the pool in Wales. Probably very Georgia, dehydrated. Georgia was very dehydrated. <laughs> Georgia was very hungry. This was at 2am in the morning. Georgie said, what do you have in the fridge? Georgia said, oh, we've only got carrots and maybe some leftover coriander. Georgie said, no problem. Then, moments later, Georgie presented the most amazing carrot and coriander soup Georgia had ever eaten. It's probably because she was drunk, it Happily tasted good. Happily ever after. The best soup I've ever tasted in my life. I'll never forget the taste of that soup. Oh my gosh, I've never... You're so dramatic. I know, I'm soup. not. I'm being genuine. It was the best soup I've ever had. Well, that's nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was brilliant. <laughs> I just loved it. And then since that day, you've never stopped cooking for me. Yeah, I do, but you've been cooking for me recently, which has been I amazing. Cook, I cook for you once. Because Georgia's now like a little housewife, trying to cook, <laughs> um, keep holding the house down. Holding no, the house eggs. down. She made me eggs. What else you made? You made me prawn stir fry. I did indeed. Oh, that was that was quite just, no, it was just good. stir fry. Whatever. But yeah, for like but, 15 I years. I mean, Georgie, what's on the regs? You make things like dumplings. Yeah, I love you Asian make, food. You make your own bread all the time. Yeah, sourdough high. You showed up today at my parents' house with your own creme brulee and your own gun. What's the gun called? <laughs> what is it called? A blowtorch. A blowtorch with a blowtorch. I couldn't even use it though. I didn't have no gas. But you know what I mean? Like you are very pro about it and very casual about it. Do you know what I mean? You're awesome, but you just don't really. Well, it's just like your. It's my hobby, and I don't really do much <laughs> much else. So yeah, you do. Wow. So um. Sorry, I forgot to mention that you make... I forgot to go go back to the fact that you said that you make Liam, your boyfriend, 
packed lunches. Packed lunches. Yeah. I don't know how. I'd actually love to hear what our listeners think about that. <laughs> I know it sounds very like old school. But you know what? He's great at washing up. Every time I cook, he'll wash up everything. Fair. That's our rule. He'll Fair. I'll cook. He washes up. That is the same with Theo. And also, I'm because I'm a nutritionist and very conscious about what he eats. And when I first met him, all he would eat was bacon, cheese toasties, like literally anything with cheese or bacon. Basically, that's it. So I kind of wanted to. I broaden his horizons. I don't want him to go to school it. and just eat chips or you know go get a meal deal. So that's why I do it because I worry about what he's going to eat. <laughs> you are so good. You're such a good girlfriend. Thanks. On to our next segment, your first love. Yeah, um, I could probably slag off loads of boyfriends. Oh, but <laughs> I wish you would. There were too many. <laughs> too many? I've only had two. No, too many bad ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, the one was One bad, would yeah. be too many bad ones. Yeah, but I think, actually, my first love was dogs. Oh. Now, it sounds really weird, but I was so obsessed with dogs when I was younger, and my mum and dad are, like, not dog people at all. They weren't? No, no, they don't like dogs. So they were, I, I was desperate to have a dog, like absolutely desperate. How old were you? Um, I think it was about nine, well, it was all through my childhood, but nine and ten was like when it peaked, like I need a dog. So you just like see dogs in the park, walking down the street, and you'd be yeah. like, I'm always like that as well. Can I stroke your dog? And they're like, I, oh, I was okay. But you know what sucks about the pandemic? Can't stroke strangers' dogs anymore. I know, I know. It's a shame, isn't it? Mm. But it got so bad. My sister, we had fish. My sister named my fish Dog. <laughs> She wanted yeah. that badly. <laughs> to get a dog, I literally had to. My mum said to me, you know what? If you want a dog, you've got to walk my friend's dog every morning for six months. Like 5am in the pitch black. You've got to go pick up this dog's massive poos. Um, and then if you do it for long enough, you might be able to get a dog. Because she said it because she didn't think I'd do it. She'd be like, oh, she wants to be in bed. She doesn't want to pick up poo in the morning. <laughs> I literally did that. For six months. Oh my god! So my mum came so back good. down, and they got me a dog, and it oh was like my the best god. thing ever. And then that was Pepper. Yeah, Pepper. Pepper the Border Terrier. And then after that, I came to stay with you. Oh god, yeah. And you we were hanging up. out with Pepper, and then my mum and dad came to pick me up from your house and said, "Pepper is such a cute dog. We love Pepper. Pepper's amazing." And we bought two of them. Yeah, you had to have two of them. <laughs> Yeah, we were like, yeah, we were way better than you. We're going to get two of them. Yeah, Pepper's not going to have two. We're, you know. Um, no, that's sweet. Went, no, it they was, were just It was together. very much like that. Guys, this is not your... Yeah. You couldn't leave one behind. Anyway, I'm sorry that my parents keep chiming in. They are here in the background, kind of listening in. So, um, yeah. So dogs were your first love. You got Pepper. Then you got... Um, Sumo. Sumo, also a border terrier. Yeah. And then you got Beans. Yeah. Who is... Yeah. I didn't name her that, by the way. Like, my sister named her that, and she's the last person that would walk the dog. So we're all shouting Beans, looking like psychopaths in the park. But she, they're really sweet dogs. What's your fondest memory with any of your dogs? Oh, I don't know, really. I think... With Pepper, it was just, like, sheer joy of, like, having a dog. And she used to, oh. like, be quite cuddly. And, like, we'd wrap her up in blankets and put her in prams and everything. <laughs> she was, like, your baby. Yeah, she was, like, our baby. Because we were... Patsy, my younger sister, was only six. And I was ten. So it was, like, our baby. Oh. Um, Sumo is just, like, a really sweet dog. 
and Beans now is just nuts, but she's a baby. What is it about dogs you like the most? They're just, like, always happy to see you. Yeah. They help you, like, relax and chill because I'm a quite oh a high-stress person. Mm. So, like, having a little dog, like, brings you down. I do find they help a lot. We've got a therapy dog at school where they I work. They do. They're great in school. And, like, when you see a dog walk around, you're like, oh. Even just seeing the dog makes you feel better. I don't know if that's a yeah, true well, for everyone. You know, loads of primary schools have them now because of, like, mm. children getting worried and anxious and they, like, bring the dog in it chills them out. It's really nice. I think it's because, also, dogs don't understand how hard your life is. Mm. but they sense it though when you're like down they sense when you're sad Mm. but I think because dogs don't really like okay I'm looking at Maisie right now opposite me oh hello Maisie and she's very sweet she's just chilling there having a a nice snooze and she's got her eyes kind of a little bit open and she has no idea that the world is basically ending (laughs) and we're in a global pandemic she's chill and we're having an economy crash crisis yeah and yeah, it's like the, literally the worst year ever in, what, the last hundred years? Yeah. And she's just so chilled. I know. And I... just being around that energy just makes you feel so much better. Yeah, sure. And hopefully I'm going to have my own next year, so I can't wait. <laughs> get my baby! You're going to get a puppy. You're going to name it Georgia. <laughs> That'd be so weird if I named my dog after you. <laughs> Georgie, what's your dog called? Georgia. Named after my best friend. Remember when we were young and they... They used to think we were sisters and we were Georgie and Georgia and they used to yeah. look at us like, well, your what? parents are absolutely nuts. We'd go clubbing and we'd go, we're sisters. Because everyone, when you're kids, you, of course you want to tell everyone your sisters. Yeah. And everyone will go, what are your names? Georgie and Georgia. And they're like, what? <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> what were they thinking? You're right. <laughs> so, on to our next segment... Your top three life lessons. What's the first one? Oh, God. I feel like on the spot now. I feel like I'm too young to have all my life lessons all in a row. I think that's very wise to say. I think, um, I know it sounds cliche, but always treat people how you want to be treated. Like, I'm always big on that. Like, I'm, I like listening to people's problems and, like, being there for people. So I think that's really important. Um, just being nice, generally. Being a nice person. I think that's true. And I've had this conversation with a couple of people now on this podcast, mm-hmm. similar sort of thing. Treat others how you want to be treated because you never know what they're going through that Yeah, day. exactly. You never know what they're fighting. Yeah. They may have just found out that their mum's got cancer or... Oh, God, deep. You know, but it's true. I mean, my friend, I've got a lovely friend, a new work friend, who told me that she was skiing one day and like an indoor ski slope in Dubai. Wow. Yeah, and then she was at the top of the slope and she found out her mum had cancer. Jesus. And, like, she went down and cried the whole way down. It was, like, a 20-second slope. And there was a photographer at the bottom as oh well. Oh, my God. That's horrendous. <laughs> what? But anyway, it's like, you know, and someone might have seen that and gone, oh, she's ridiculous crying. Is she, you know, maybe she's scared of skiing. Oh, she's such a wuss. When actually, you don't, you never yeah. know what someone's going through. Yeah, you can't judge people on almost how they are at that, that point as well because... You know, we all have good days and bad days, and like oh, I yeah. definitely have a lot of bad days, so I wouldn't want people to judge me on how I sometimes come across at different points, but yeah. And your second life lesson? I think just like work hard. Yeah. And try and strive for like your passions and try not to focus too much on the negative things. Mm-hmm. So, like, jobs will come and go and they can be stressful, but if you can try and find like the positives in them. 
um, and take what you can from the scenario. I like that. Jobs can be stressful, stressful, but try and take what you can from from the positives. Yeah. So, like my job now is like very stressful, and I sometimes forget that it does have really positive points in it as well. But because sometimes people are like, oh god, you're driving so far, you're away, you're always in a hotel, blah blah blah, you kind of build it up in your mind that it's negative. But you can like strive harder and kind of like say what you want around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. To make it as good as you possibly can. Because yes. everything's an opportunity. Yes, it is. Everything is an opportunity. And even if it's something that you don't even consider to be an opportunity at the time, even if it's something that's not even work-related, it will always eventually come back around. Yeah, for sure. Like, stuff, scenarios have happened in my life when I thought, like, this job is not taking me anywhere. And then it's actually opened a massive door for me. So it's mm. like, kind of see it out. Yeah. And work hard. Yeah. I love that. I think... I needed to hear that, to be honest. Because I know your job's been super stressful. My job's been so stressful. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have. Yeah. I come home and I fall asleep at half six at night. You know what I mean? And then I wake up at half five and I do the same thing again. So, yeah, I think you're right. It can get you down, for sure. Yeah, and also, you never know when you're making a difference to someone else's life. Yeah. So relish those moments rather than... Yeah, but on the other on the negatives. On the flip side of that, though, like if you're really, really unhappy in your job and you can't see like the quality of the job that's giving you like satisfaction, then also you need to be strong enough to kind of walk away from it as well, Mm. like not sit it out. Yeah, because you know life's short. Exactly. So it's a balance, isn't it? Yeah, it's a balance, definitely. Like, can't be too negative, but can't be. Yeah, you've got to focus on the positives, but also you need to look after yourself. Yeah. At the end of the day, number three. Your final life lesson. Just enjoy life. Yes. I think we can oh get too God. serious or like tied down and stuff. And I'm I'm literally the worst for doing that because I'm so anxious and like always thinking about what else I can do. But sometimes you've got to like stop and like live in the moment and enjoy it. And enjoy it. Because even like this weekend, like it's been just so nice just spending the yeah. weekend with you. Like, yeah, we've got stuff on at work. Yeah, we've got loads of work to do. Yeah, I probably could have spent all weekend doing my work yeah. instead. But... Actually, you could be dead on Monday morning. Exactly. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to see people that you love. You've got to do things that you love. Mm-hmm. And, like, you may have to drive an extra few hours or, like, take a little bit of extra time off work, but it's always worth it. You never have a bad time with, like, your friends. Yeah, or... actually, you never regret taking time off you work. Never. And you always forget the long car journey, but you won't forget the memories when you get there. So exactly. Like... Exactly. That's so true. I never thought about it that way. I've, re- I've regretted working too hard. And I've never regretted not prioritising work. Isn't yeah. that strange? I'm trying to be more like that now. I'm trying to... People think, like, your late 20s, you're kind of winding down. But I'm actually, like, I'm still young. I'm, I'm winding up. Yeah. I'm, I'm winding up. I'm trying to be more social. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, same. I think also because of, like, it's a weird time. My dad is literally in the corner, like, farting. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wayne, for contributing that extra little bit of sound effects. Um, yeah, I think it's true. What were we just saying about, um, I was going to say something. Well, we live quite far away from each other, don't we? Yeah. And we always, we try and catch up as, as much as we can, but we have a really busy, both of us have really busy, busy lives. lives. But you live in Liverpool, I live in London. We sometimes see each other in Wales, we sometimes see yeah, each other in, in Greece or Bulgaria. Yeah, we go on holidays. We go on, we go on lots of holidays. 
and we always make time for each other. And I think maybe that would be my life lesson. I've never actually said one of my life Go lessons. Go on then, what is it? But it would be to make time for your friends. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really important because people, especially when you're in relationships as well, you oh, can get all of yeah. your social from your boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. And actually you need time away from it and you need to be with your friends. And... Oh yeah, I've learned that big time because when I first started dating, you'll know this very well. <laughs> God, I'll know it. I was like, my boyfriend is my life. I need like nothing else, like no one. <laughs> and then like we'd break up inevitably and it would be an awful breakup. Actually, that one turned out to cheat on me and have an abortion with another girl Ooh. when we were together and I was only about 16, which is very strange. Okay. And then I was like, who do I need? Not Ghostbusters, Georgie. <laughs> That's who I needed. And it's Sounds always like an it's actually always come back to you. It's always come back to you. Yeah, and I even the if, same as well. Even if I broke up with Theo, not that I would plan on breaking up with Theo, or Theo plans on breaking up with me, but no matter what, even if the worst thing happened to me, he died in a car accident ten oh, years God. into our marriage. You're you know being... what I mean? But you know <laughs> what's she even talking about? But you know who I'd be reliant on? Yeah. You. So why do we not prioritise our friendships? Well, I'm trying to now. That's my point. Exactly. Because like, I, yeah. I think it's good for us to check in with each other. Like, you know, stuff's good. Like, you, at the moment, I'm worried about you because your job and you're very stressed. Thank you. So I'm trying, to che- <laughs> I'm trying to check in. But then also, you know that I've got, like, problems going on with my grandparents and things like that. Yeah. So you just, so and it's checking just in on there. each other. It is, and it can be as simple as, hey, how are you? That's it. Just a text. Yeah. Even if the other person doesn't respond, you know they know that you're thinking of them and vice versa. Yeah, because you don't. You know that if you've got so much going on, you don't have to respond to me. But and vice versa. I just want you like to. That's know why that our relationship works so well. We don't put any pressure on each other. No, we don't. No. And that's why we've been friends now for fifteen years. We don't actually. This is it. This is. I've just realised why we work so well. We have no. We have zero expectations of each other. Yeah, we don't. I don't expect you to do anything for me. I don't expect you to call me, text me, give me a birthday present, give me a birthday card. Don't expect also, it. Also, she got me a great birthday present. So. I did. I got her a La Crusade. How do I say that? La Crusade? La Crusade. I yeah. got you a La Crusade set from Windsor. Yeah. But that's only because, I mean... We do we, we do stuff for each other because we want to. It's not, it's it's not, not forced. Exactly. Um, it's not an obligation. No, and that's why we haven't like signed a contract. Like we're friends because we're friends and we want to. Yeah, but even if I said to Pags, Georgie, sorry, if I said to Georgie, I don't want to chat for you, she'd be like, "Cool, you clearly need a time out. See you later." Yeah, and then we'd be best friends again the year after. Yeah, and like friendships do like mold and change, don't they? Along the years. Oh yeah, like... yeah. But anyway, we'll, was we'll, this a life lesson we'll, or we have a like, we'll, deep discussion we're having about a deep discussion. <laughs> no, no, but I do think it links back to prioritised friendships. And enjoy life. And look after each other, enjoy life. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I can't wait to interview you again when we're like 86 to see where we are then. Oh, yeah, that would be great. There's I'd, not many old people on a podcast. No, I can't wait to be old. Oh, all right, I do. <laughs> to see if I My wrinkles it. are already in full, so. <laughs> Same, I need some Botox. Anyway, on that note, thanks very much for coming on the show. Bye. Bye.